Hey, you all, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Deanna, your personal cultural curator, and you're listening to Cultured Commentary. Today, I'm speaking with Miss Summer Young and Justinia Ingram. They are rising stars, and I'm so happy to have them um, speak to me today. How are you all? We're good. Thank you. Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having us. Good, good. I always have to ask, how has the pandemic been treating you? Have you had a lot of opportunity to discover your passion and hone in on your crafts? Or how, how has that been so far? Mm, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's been kind of a whirlwind in general. And I feel kind of upside down and topsy-turvy, especially um, as an actor and like not having been able to be with an audience. But um, I feel like, I don't know about you, Summer, but I feel like I, in a weird way, have worked a lot more and done a lot of digital projects um, and just kind of had time and space to kind of be creative and make things shake. Yeah, I'll agree. I've definitely become more tech savvy, especially with self-tapes. They look so much better now than the beginning of the year when the pandemic started. Um, but I'm actually in grad school, so everything has been online. So I've been balancing that with working professionally. So it's been an interesting balance. It has been hard with the pandemic, but in a way, I have seen the benefits of focusing in on my craft and honing skills. I just want to start off by letting you all have the opportunity to speak about how you were introduced into acting. What was that moment where you discovered that you were born to be in this mm. field? So I think, Summer, you can go first since I think you're the youngest. So go ahead. Okay. I was 15 and my mom took me to see Wicked on Broadway. I saw Galinda coming down in that bubble and I just knew right then and there, I said, that's what I want to do. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and, then, um, and then there's been so many movies that inspired me where I just felt amazing, like, oh my gosh, I want to make the audience feel the way I feel when I watch movies, and I don't know, I've always been performing as a kid and done impressions all my life, so it's it's just kind of in second nature, but yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you, Justinia? Um, well, for me, I think, I really think it started because I watched a lot of TV when I was little, like a lot <laughs> of TV. And I loved Barney. Like, I'm talking like barely couldn't talk, walking around with this little dinosaur everywhere. And so my parents told me, like, we, I auditioned to be on Barney. And who knows whether or not I was good. I really have, I don't remember. But they told me, they said, yeah, you were so close. You didn't get it this time, but they said they wanted you. And I was like, they did? And from that point on, I was like, oh, I must be a star, honey. <laughs> I was just a little too young, okay? I was a baby. They wasn't ready for me. I'm so they really said, I'm serious. I'm serious. And so since then, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I could do this. I would watch TV and be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be on there. Got you. So what are you all doing right now in terms of your acting careers? Um, well, right now, I, well, I graduated from Spelman with a degree in theater, so I've been primarily in the theater scene in Atlanta. Um, so that's been really great. I've been working at um, the Alliance Theater as a Spelman Leadership Fellow, so that's been where I've been for the past two years. Um, but now that that's ending, I've really been getting back into like 
acting for the stage and even more so um, on camera and improv. That's what I've been doing a lot of recently. Outside of grad school, um, I'm recently filming for a show called Lace and I, I'm playing the role for Cecilia. So that's going to come out in the fall, which I'm really excited for. And I did a commercial for Facebook a couple of weeks back that, um, that's been out for a little bit. And I was on Instagram scrolling. And I saw it. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where, do, and where do you go to grad school and what are you studying? So I go to University of Southern California and I'm getting my MFA in acting. Gotcha. So both of you all have this kind of educational background in theater, in acting. Um, there are a lot of young actors, young Black actors who are, are finally emerging um, and they're being found not only through like educational paths, but through avenues like TikTok and uh, Instagram and Facebook and through those type of skits. Why is it important um, to have that educational foundation when you're pursuing a career in acting? It's not always necessary, but why do you think that that um, educational background and foundation supports you as an actor? I think it's important, especially as an African-American actress, to always be on top of everything because we're constantly being... Uh, being judged and you just need to be the best of the best just to be considered maybe half of another actor who is not African-American and it's just very hard. And so I'll say having my education and going to conservatories has definitely molded me to the actor that I am now. And there are things that I know I would not have been able to pick up on on set had I not been to um, the schools that I attended. So that's definitely something. Yeah, I think there's definitely a certain level of foundation that like an education provide. And that's not to say that you can't be a great actor without having that foundation or without that education, but it definitely provides, you know, a certain, I guess foundation is the right word, like a certain thing to really tools to um, utilize that you just wouldn't know otherwise. And if you don't know what it is that you're utilizing, you can still use the tool, but you might not exactly know the best way to do it or the best way to go about it or the most efficient way. Um, so I really do think that um, the background in education that we've received has really just been like an added tool belt in, in our artistry. I'm sorry, a lot of people that they don't talk about a lot is not just the craft, but the business side as well is so important to learn about because this, this whole entertainment world is a whole different genre and it really hits the fan when you don't know who to talk to or just need to make sure you're talking to the right people and going to school they really help you with that as well mm -hmm. and the connections that we make even at these certain institutions is really invaluable too gotcha so we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things that you all uh discussed but i want to talk a little bit about education in terms of as an actor, uh, it's almost like, I wouldn't say it's like being a doctor, but in a doctor role, you're constantly learning. You're constantly evolving. There's always something new. And I think that's the same thing with being an actress or an actor. You always have to hone in on your craft. You always have to kind of do a deep dive into the character you're playing to understand the culture, to understand the background, to understand the, the language or whatever. Jacinia, you played a role in um, a production. I forgot the title, but it was a, uh, involved with Bob Marley and kind of discussing... Oh. I think it was called Three Little Birds. Mm -hmm. um, 
it was very interesting to see you in that role because I never um, heard you use an accent before up until that point. So talk about how you prepare for that role and talk a little bit about how um, a lot of actors have to bridge that gap or make sure that they balance the, the craft with not being disrespectful to, you know, the culture or, you know, kind of like not disrespecting the people whom they right. are imitating. Totally. Um, so yeah, I definitely did have to do quite a bit of research for that role. Um, especially when learning not only about the the accent, but the culture in general and um, the play, the musical um, drew upon a lot of like Jamaican culture. And so we had to learn about what these things were that we were saying in the references that we were making and the, and the um, phrases and things we were using, phrases and things we were using. Um, and also we had a actual dialect coach come in and work with us and teach us about culture. Um, so we had a great dramaturgy team for that show, which I'm really thankful for. Um, but yeah, things like that, when you're portraying people of another culture, I feel like it's really important to know what it is that you're talking about and the things that you're referencing, not just for kicks and giggles, but for like authenticity and to know that you're being respectful. Um, so yeah, that's definitely super important. And the process for that was, was, I mean, lots of research. I mean, literally like watching videos um, and really being able to authentically like be a part of that world is really important to me. Gotcha. Um, you all talked about um, knowing the business, knowing the business of acting, knowing the business of media. Um, a lot of young actors are just trying to find whatever role they can find to pay the bills, to get their name out there, to meet new people, to make those connections. Um, and and they're not always proud of their kind of initial um, pieces or their initial gigs. Uh, Cicely Tyson mentioned in one of her last interviews that she refused to take one roles that were demeaning to Black women or that portrayed Black women in a, in a manner that she thought, you know, wasn't becoming. So how have you been able to um, approach roles without fear of being typecasted? I'll say for my agent, there's a contract in the beginning and it should be like, I'm pretty sure it's like this with all agents. You say what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with and you sign a contract and you shouldn't encounter any problems. After that, I did have one agent that she wanted me to audition for a certain role that I wasn't comfortable with. And she didn't understand why, because it was a black woman and she was being assaulted and she was pregnant. And I said, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. That's something that I just don't want to go there. And she tried to say, well, you're telling a story that it's not your story, but at the same time, it is you because that's you on TV. That's your body that you're showing and your friends will see that. And at the end of the day, you have to hold on to your integrity. So it can be scary saying no to people behind big names, but you have to remember at the end of the day, it's you that's on TV. It's not them. So just hold on to that and you'll be fine. It can be scary because there's a lot of sacrifices, but a year from now, two years from now, you'll look back and be like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. And now something even better out there is for me because that happened to me. And then I ended up auditioning for this show and then I got that. And it's something that I'm comfortable doing and able to um, embody. 
And did when you when you received the script or whenever you did the table read or whatever the case may have been, did you know uh, were they casting for black women or was it just a general cast across the board for any any female or woman? It was for it was for a black woman. The the first audition that I had, the second one was for uh, any ethnicity. And just any, what about you when it comes to typecasting? How do you approach that? I don't know. For me, the typecasting has been I, it's it's honestly scary like I, I don't know like it, it's it's uncomfortable and I think I just trust my gut right like I I just listen to my gut and I'm like is this a role that I for one think that I that I'm the best person to to portray this character two do I think that this is is putting what I'm standing for in a good light like there are certain things that I just won't accept. There are certain scenarios that I just a don't want to put myself in, or b don't think that I don't think that's that that narrative needs to be told, right? So I'm mm-hmm. not going to help do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I will say that I think there are some circumstances where like okay, there's some reason why X Y and Z story needs to be told. And I appreciate that. And I think that there's space for that. My problem becomes when it's like, we're only telling these types of stories and I only see you as a black woman actor in this role. And that's, I don't have, I don't have energy or time for that. And so I think that's when you have to just use your discernment and being like, okay, what is really the vibe here? What is the intention of this like, of the writer like what 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 is the energy and I feel like you just kind of have to trust your gut and um go with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if anyone makes you uncomfortable and tries to pressure you an agent they're not a you should leave because they're not here for your best interest they're thinking about themselves yeah, that's why I, I'm with a new agent who literally adores me and she listens to everything once I say no she doesn't say well, what if you tried this? Or what if we delayed the audition? She says, okay, got it. Don't need to explain. We'll move on to the next. And we haven't had any issues and it's, it's great. So it's very important to speak your truth and be okay with saying no. Mm-hmm. So you all both uh, discussed um, like the narrative, making sure that whatever role you take on, it's a narrative and it's a story that you're willing to tell and that needs to be told. Uh, but then Jacinia, you said something about repetition repeating the same narrative over and over and over and if you feel like that narrative has been told you don't feel the need to tell it again or you know in certain circumstances I just uh read an article about Marseille Martin and her decision not to take on projects that um were not comedic she basically she said she wants to tell happy stories do you think um, and this is for both of you all. Do you think that that does a disservice to our community when we neglect to write, produce, and direct um, stories that tell us more about our historical past and things like that? Do you think it does a disservice uh, to to our communities? No, no, I don't no. think it does. I think if anything, we need more stories that uplift the black community, like shows like Insecure. There, I I don't know any other shows like that. We have a a lot of movies and short films that center black trauma. And sometimes I would like to see us in a, in a, in a higher, better situation, just a, light, a lighter story. I think we need more of that, honestly. I think we do a disservice by not having that. 
Absolutely. And no one is denying the years and years of oppression by not continuing to make art about it. I feel like, you know, we know that it, we as black people know that it happens. So we don't need to continue to have it consume every aspect of our lives and in our entertainment. Sometimes it's nice to have a, just a good laugh. And I think so often there aren't enough stories just about black people living and having joy and just like going to the grocery store or whatever the case may be. Um, so no, I don't think there's ever going to be enough black joy. I think that that's always going to be something that we could see more of. Um, and I could go without, I could take a break from, from the trauma for a second. I, I do. I think I could. That's why I love Jingle Jangle so much. If you guys, uh, haven't seen that on Netflix. It's a Christmas film. It's an all black cast. And it it's so light and beautiful and the music is amazing. Um but of it course, doesn't we all love the music. Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> but it's 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 a great cast. Anika Noni Rose, um, she's in it. Forrest Whitaker, Felicia Rashad. Love her. Mm-hmm. It's a great cast. This is gonna be a two-part question. In terms of black representation, what genres would you like to see more Black representation in? And what outlets would you like to see those in? So when I say outlets, I mean television or film. Which which area, which arena would you like to see more Black representation in? And what genres do you think need more Black representation? Well, I'll go first. I, off the top, would I'm a huge fan of, um, like, psychological thrillers and, like, inception type movies and i haven't seen a lot of black people in those um and i think i think that there's a lot of room for it i think the sci-fi market we saw that with lovecraft with um watchmen like how those really popped off and they're so Mm -hmm. good like i i think there's so much more space for that just like black fantasy world Mm -hmm. um like afrofuturism i would love to see more of that in the mainstream whether that's on TV or Netflix or whatever the case may be, I would love for that to be more normalized. Yeah, I definitely agree. Although I'm a huge fan of any rom-com. I love Black mm-hmm. Love movies, but I would really like to see more sci-fi or um, comedies would be really nice to see yeah. more of. And those, like, I feel like th- that era in the 90s, like we were oh. coming out with hits, hit after hit after hit of just like, exactly what you're saying summer black love black comedy and like it, it was just, just i missed that like I yeah. that was the pinnacle that was definitely like a pinnacle a shift in like black cinematic uh history because the 70s and the 80s was like black exploitation then mm-hmm. in the 80s we hit this downfall this downfall from black exploitation era and then in the 90s we had the spike lees we had the john singletons we had all these amazing producers who were coming you know who were young who right. are coming to the forefront. And so it kind of rejuvenated uh, Black like uh, black cinema in that way. So yeah, I definitely agree. I need, but I would, I would definitely love to see more Black rom-com. I don't think we see a lot of that at all. We see a lot of the Love Jones and the Love and Basketballs and the Brown yeah. Sugar, which I love Brown Sugar, guys. Like, where, That's did, like, like, where, did, where to go? We don't see you know, more of it. I love it. I love it. But it's on the yard. Something, something. I like the quirky comedy, like Issa Rae. A lot of people don't really 
either you get it or you don't get it. Mm-hmm. And for the people who get it, it's for them. You know what I mean? It's no way we can convince people to say, okay, support this Black show produced by these, you know, amazing Black producers, writers, cinematographers. We can't force that down your throat. So it has to be some type of way we can ease people into these genres, you know, more effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I definitely agree with both of you all. Rom-coms with um, more Black representation, and as well as um, sci-fi and horror, because yes. I personally love all of those genres. Um, but I don't know why, but sci-fi and horror has just really been in my system lately. I don't know if it's, if it's become, because I'm doing this project. I don't know what it is, but that's definitely been in my system. What's your guilty pleasure movie? It doesn't have to be a movie that has any like super big message, but what's your guilty pleasure movie and why? I can go. Go. Pride and Prejudice. There is this line at the end. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what's her name? Shoot. Elizabeth Darcy, you know, she gets yelled at and she comes out and she likes to take walks. Anyway, at the end, but her her love interest comes walking up to her. And they have like this big fight. They go back and forth in the movie. Anyways, he says this line, and nobody talks like this anymore. But he says, you know. I have to tell you, you have bewitched me body and soul and I love you. I wish to never be parted from you ever again. I said, you know what? You know what? If any guy talked to me like that, it's a wrap. I was like, who's? Yeah. I said, girl, you better marry him. And they got married. I said, yes. For me, it's the, it's, it's the, in that movie, it's when his hand, like when it's the scene, his hand like twitches. Oh, yes, yes, yes. After I know what you're talking like, about. Like, talking to her. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're affected, huh? Like, like you <sighs> felt that for real. When they were to arguing in emotions. the rain. When they were arguing in the rain. Oh. Yeah. That yeah. movie, that's my guilty pleasure. I, that's a movie I never skip. I watch the whole thing. I don't care how many times I've seen it. Love that movie. Okay, Jesenia, wow. is that your favorite movie as well? It's not, I, I, no, 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 no. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie. Honestly, I, I'm, mm-hmm terrible at picking favorites but I will say if I had to pick a guilty pleasure like genre it would definitely be like a mean girls bridesmaids type of energy like I I obviously I must love Tina Fey or something but (laughs) it's definitely that type of energy I just love that type of movie or um a different direction would be have y'all seen the movie 21 where they no. go to the casino and they like, okay, so basically I, it's <laughs> the little like, I just like mathy things and like thinking things. Basically they scan the casino out of their money. They learn how to read cards and they scan the casino and it's real dangerous and Lawrence Fishburne is in it. The Matrix, that movie. I just like, mm. I just, it's either, it's either Mean Girls or The Matrix. <laughs> so let's just talk about the power of media. In my program, we're always discussing how media works to set agendas, how, you know, um, political ads help to stir people in a certain direction to learn a certain message. But what power do actors have and how are you all uh, planning to use your role as actors uh, to spread a message? How How are you planning to, like, mobilize people in your own way? I think social media is the biggest thing for actors. Because that's where a lot of people can follow them and, and keep up with their up-to-date 
up-to-date lives all the time. Um, someone who I could think of who religiously does that, Selena Gomez, she's always doing a charity, like her makeup rare. She doesn't get any money from that. It goes straight to mental health organizations because she's a big advocate for that. So I love that she found something that she's passionate about, makeup and her past, and then she applies that and uses it to help other people. So that's definitely something I would, I totally see myself doing. I would love to get into like hair care for a black woman or skincare, who knows, but yeah, something like that. Social media is definitely, I think, a big thing that actors or any other creatives should definitely use to help with their platform. Um, I think, honestly, I have (laughs) come to realize more and more. It's funny you say social media summer because I am like, so I've become so anti-social media these days. Like I am not... I just, it stresses me out. Like just mm-hmm. being transparent, it stresses me out. And I found myself like really relying on it. Um, some, in some cases just for like validation. And, and I was like, oh, this isn't healthy. Um, so I personally have like decided to take some steps back from social media, but I've had direct conflict because as you said, Summer, like it's such a great tool for an actor um, to really grow their base and things like that. So that's been kind of a conflict for me, but I've realized like as an actor, I'm pretty like powerless in terms of roles. So that's drawn me more and more to becoming like a writing actor, like a writing and producing actor. Mm. And so I can have some more, um, some more ownership over the content that's being created. and. I really look at people like Issa Rae and Zendaya. I feel like Euphoria is a really cool example of kind of pushing some boundaries and not being afraid to tell certain stories for a certain demographic. And I think like talking about touchy subjects, sex, drugs, and being a teenager or being a young adult, um, is really cool. And I admire Zendaya for taking her leap from being just an actor to really taking ownership and saying like with Malcolm and Marie, like I yes. I'm going to collaborate with my friends and tell this story. Um, and so that for me is really cool. Like knowing that I don't just have to say words that other people have written for me, but I can really take some ownership, um, into the creative process of the story and really be in control of the media that's being put out there. Um, because if, if you're not just an actor, but if you're just acting like depending on what the roles that are available, it's really just like, it's not up to you. You bring the character to life that's been written, but I don't know. That's what I really love about being a, a writer and, and also improv. Cause it's like writing and performing like at the same time. Um, so so how can we find and discover more talent in the field of writing um, when it comes to representation and things of that nature? How can you scout out these writers? How can we scout out these filmmakers? I know uh, you and I and Summer as well, we have friends who are merging film writers and things like that. So we've kind of seen their process a little bit, but how can we take an active role in pushing their narratives, pushing their stories for uh, Hollywood towards the people who will make the, the big decision. Mm-hmm. 
I think it takes a leap of faith, honestly, and you have to be okay with people saying no, and you have to just keep on going. So networking is a big thing. It's, it is really all about who you know, but don't be discouraged by the first no. Think of it as new opportunity. Okay, this person said no, but all you need is one yes. So you just have to keep looking up open calls for auditions. Or I know ABC, they do a showcase for writers if they want to pitch a show that they want to write or some casting directors, they post on Twitter or Instagram, hey, any Black actors that want to work, please submit your resume to me and I'll consider you for future roles. So you have to keep having that hustle and grind to keep going because it's you can't wait for it. You have to go out and put yourself out there. And it's very scary doing that, putting yourself out there like that. But you'll thank yourself later in the future because if you had never done it, you'll always be wondering, man, what if I had just made that phone call or sent that email to that one agent just submitted myself? So constantly saying yes and submitting yourself and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And I'd also say to continue to pull others up, like as you climb and like, you know, being a big proponent of like working with the people around you and like building each other up. Um, I think that's crucial because like you're saying, like there's so many people who are rising artists who, Oh, I'm writing this, X, Y, and Z, this pilot, this movie, this sketch, check it out, da, 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 like supporting these people. And when you see someone who has a talent that you vibe with, that you really think is, is really up to something great, like supporting them and bringing them along with you, connecting them with someone else that you know. Um, and I really think like, as, as we continue to grow ourselves, as we, as we, grow it's important that we feed back into where we came from so that we can continue to uplift like the next generation after us mm-hmm. that's a good way to end my last question and I ask every person who I interview I ask them the same question when all is said and done when you have your Emmy when you have your Tony when you have your Grammy when you have your Oscar the entire EGOT what would you like your legacy to be well, I, I want my legacy to be one of joy and one of authenticity. And I think at the core of it, like what I love so much about acting and performing is that we're able to connect with people, we're able to connect with that like genuine humanness that we all have. Um, So if my legacy is one that continues to like bring people together after I'm gone, like that, that would be the best thing for me. I think the biggest thing for me is for that young little black girl watching that Oscars and her to go, that's gonna be me next, you know, because when I, did, I remember seeing Halle Berry and like Audra McDonald on stage and just idolizing them like one day, one day and not letting it just be a dream that you can do it, put your mind to it. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin or how tall or short you are or what you look like. I just want more young African-American women and men in our community to know that they can do it too and nothing can stand in their way. So I think that's like my legacy and others probably the same thing just encouraging them that it doesn't have to be just white people or 
the ethnicity, you can do it too. Well, there you have it, guys. Another great episode of Cultured Commentary. I hope that you learned a lot and that you'll move forward and forge your own path in the world of media. If you want to hear more, stay tuned. And as always, remember to stay engaged and contribute to the culture. Bye.